0: boys and girls, children of all
1: ages. It is your boy, Stevie Jobber. And it's your boy, Dangerous Dude.
0: And welcome back to the Dangerous Jobbers podcast, putting wrestling over one podcast at a time. Ooh, ooh. How you doing, dude?
1: I'm doing pretty good. Uh, yeah, I'm doing pretty good, if I don't say so myself. How about you, good sir?
0: I'm, I'm okay. I'm okay. I'm okay. How, how are you feeling about uh, what's war games tonight?
1: Uh, well... Since War Games hasn't started yet as we're recording, I, uh, I'm i really only invested in maybe one match, and that's about it. And I'm not even fully invested in it. I just like the promo that was cut. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll I, feel like, that. I feel like I feel the same.
0: I feel like I feel the same. But let's start things off as we always do with the wrestler of the pod, man. Tell us who it is.
1: Well, if you say so, let's dive in. So the wrestler of the pod this week is... A boy that you know very well, somebody that you might like or you might not like, but I figure why not? Our listeners might not know him and they need to know him. So, wrestler of the pod this week is MLW's own Alex Kane, their current open weight champ, and also cracked the top 500 of the PWI list this year. So, I know. little bit about this guy. He looked pretty good from what I've seen. You've actually seen him live. So, why don't you tell the listeners how this dude is?
0: Alex Kane. Uh, For anybody listening, Alex Kane uh, is a great character. Let me say that first. Let me say that first. (laughs) Um, He's really great at making you hate him, um, he's recently started a new fight team with like King Mo and some other big motherfucker. Um, oh yeah, wh- but um, he's he's very good. He's a very he's a very good uh, 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 heel character. He's a he's a slimy uh, human being. Um, uh, Mrs. jobber actually got to argue with uh, one of the guys that he's uh, managed by yeah. uh, while he was choking somebody out illegally during a match.
1: Oh, that's lovely.
0: Yeah, yeah. Slimy guy. Slimy guy he is. But um, can't say nothing because uh, he follows us on Instagram.
1: So, <laughs>
0: <See>? <laughs> so shout
1: out to Alex Kane. See, even even when you even when you do some slime ball stuff in the wrestling world, if you show us love, we're gonna show it back to you.
0: Yeah, man, we we saw him win the uh, MLW Open Weight Championship, and uh, we've been watching him. Well, in and, and and kayfabe, we've been watching him live for the last two months. <laughs> um, just he's just he's good at what he does, man. He's good at what he does. He's a very athletic individual. Um, and yeah, and he suplexes his ass off. So, yeah, so
1: if you guys definitely don't know who Alex Kane is, I highly recommend you check him out. Absolutely. Uh, so before we jump into anything that was actually wrestling related, as far as, you know, what happened on the shows, I want to dive into something that kind of happened on social media. As you guys know, last couple of weeks, WWE has been releasing people left and right, mm-hmm. technically the last few months. Mm-hmm. One of the names was John Morrison. And he took to his social media and decided to address what happened. I'm not going to go through the entire video of what he said. It's on YouTube. It's on his Instagram. You can check it out. I'm just going to paraphrase some of the things he said. First off, he went through all his old gimmicks. He went through, what was it? Uh, Aquaholics, Slamtonians, <laughs> all, that, all that good stuff. Uh, uh, Brochachos, all that stuff. Um, so he addressed that he did get released and he didn't even get a best of luck in your future endeavors. But he, say, he said it with a sort of sense of humor to it. Like he wasn't bitter about it. And he went on and he said he talked about how he changed from his first run to this run now and how he wouldn't change anything that he's done. But he's also had to adapt and change up his style. He didn't want to be more of a guy that did all the flips and all the grabs and the promos. He just wanted to tell stories. And he also he also left he left his little promo kind of open-ended because he said while he's trying to become a better storyteller and he thinks he has, the good thing about being a storyteller is when one chapter closes, another one begins. And then the video just ends right there. So he kind of leaves us open-ended with what he's talking about. So my question for you is, where do you think this next journey takes him?
0: if i was johnny i might go to nwa really um johnny john john morrison is somebody that is um highly underrated for what he does um and by the sound of it is learning to become a better Uh, performer, because he was already an amazing wrestler. Um, So he seems like somebody that's now becoming uh, or learning to become a better performer. And Johnny has been uh, damn near everywhere there is to be. Uh, And I would fear that going impact might seem a step backwards. There's no ROH to go to. Doesn't really fit GCW. AEW might be too crowded, too much star power. Might not be a place for him in that field right now. Mm -hmm. I would go to NWA because there's only few real stars. And there's nobody in... N.W.A. that does what he does right now. There's nobody able to move like he moves with his persona um, and he would be something new for their top guys. Okay. So I feel like N.W.A. would be a really good home for him and it'd be somewhere that not for nothing would support his promo. Uh, Uh Not that it was a promo, but that would support that theory that like um, as someone trying to become a a better storyteller, the NWA is really good at um, the strength of the matches, the strength of the title matches, the strength of the rivalries being on the stories uh, in and out of the ring because everyone there is already cemented themselves as a great athlete and great wrestlers but they're they're big on pride and storytelling so if you go in there and and somebody totally new cuz their top guys are what like uh Aldis uh Murdoch um uh we'll get into the new one later um mm-hmm. and Masters uh, I think JTG might still be over there. Cordona.
1: Yeah. yeah. Um, Bennett, and, Mike Bennett. And, and then it's like the smithering of others that just pop in and out.
0: Right. And like the Pope, you know, they don't really have a John Morrison. There's mm-hmm. nobody there that does quite what he does. So to tell a story and be a unique personality in that company would be much easier than going somewhere that feels like a step backwards, or going somewhere that's overcrowded with star power. What do you think? Of?
1: I I like it. I wouldn't have expected an NWA answer, but I like it. After you just explained it and broke it down, I like it. I definitely wouldn't have said Impact or AEW just for Impact feeling like it's a step back and AEW being too crowded already as it is. I probably. This might sound a little odd, but I would probably say MLW. Mm, mm-hmm. I would say MLW because one, he already has the experience with somebody over there, Dario Cueto. Mm-hmm. Dario knows From how to work with him. Yeah. Yeah. He knows how to work with him. He knows how to book him. He knows John Morrison can be a top guy. Mm-hmm. And then there's people over there that he hasn't mixed it up with that on paper seem like a good idea. Like, Funny. you know, him and, him and Jacob, him and Myron, him and Davey Richards, mm-hmm. Filthy Tom Lawler. Mm-hmm. There's, people, there's people over there that he can mix it up with.
0: Oh and my also,
1: God. it's a whole new, uh, I don't want to say it's like a whole new style of wrestling, yeah. but it's, it's an area he hasn't been to yet. Like oh you touched God. on, like you touched on earlier, he's been damn near everywhere there is to be. Yeah, he hasn't been to MLW.
0: That's true. You know
1: what? I wouldn't mind him
0: going back and forth or stopping in MLW first, Mrs. Java. That's a great point. Uh, we're discussing John Morrison and where he should go after this promo, um, and I said NWA. Duke said MLW might be a great place for him um, based off of him used to being Lucha underground and Mm -hmm. um, all the new people he can mix it up with. I would love to see him go up against filthy Tom Lowe. They both have two different kinds of egos, but like very big egos and Tom's a good MMA guy that goes well with his, like, cruiserweight, high-flying style.
1: What about Matt Cross?
0: Uh, Matt Cross, the Mad Dog Matt Cross from Wrestler of the Mm Pod. That's a great mix-up, too. And And history there, because they were both in Lucha Underground as well.
1: See? So you could bring back Johnny Mundo.
0: Yeah, so it's a a lot of people in there for him to really mix it up with. I'd, I'd be excited either way. I'd be excited either yeah. way, and it'd be cool to see him take a crack at the middleweight title, too. I don't know if he qualifies, but to see him go up against the would be a, a very fun match.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think, I don't, see why, I don't see why he wouldn't qualify. I mean, what's their... We would have to look again and see what their weight limit is for the middleweight title, I'm, mm-hmm. because I'm pretty sure he could be able to qualify.
0: I think if Myron qualifies, he should qualify.
1: Yeah, Morrison's around the not, same size. Yeah, Morrison's not that heavy. Yeah.
0: But yeah, him and um him and um him and Tajiri, him and Myron, him and um, let me think of some other people. Him and uh Filthy Tom, him and Davy Richards, Davy Richards, him and Will Ospreay, him and TJP, him and Alex Shelley the names are the names are endless like hey, hey look i
1: I'll, I'll give you one better just because I know you like them and I'm not gonna lie I probably would watch this match him and Enzo <laughs> I, I, I'm not gonna lie I probably I would wasn't watch gonna say match. it but that
0: is a good match
1: I, I I probably would watch it Morrison can carry him through the match yeah that'd be that'd be some good stuff but uh speaking on. Uh, us saying Mundo, should, uh, John Morrison might go to NWA. Uh, Matt Cardona popped up at NWA and attacked their heavyweight champ, Trevor Murdoch. And this, this revolving door, man, is getting crazy with all these promotions, doing all this revolving door stuff and what have you. Matt Cardona popping up in between companies. What do you think this means? Do you think this is a, uh, a good thing for Cardona to be popping up at multiple promotions, or do you think he should just stick to one and call it a day, considering his caliber of performance?
0: No, I, I think Matt has to raise his his value. Um, He's got to like raise his stock a little bit. Listen, we got to remember, not too long ago, uh, Matt Cardona used to be Zach Ryder. That's mm-hmm. a tough spot to come back from and he's True. gotten jacked and he's went everywhere he possibly could to solidify who he is as a character outside of WWE yeah. So at least for these first few years um I wouldn't i would I would consider nailing one place down um, a detriment. I would go anywhere I could within these first few years because the more places I can show that I can be a top guy at, um, the higher my value becomes.
1: Okay, I I can respect that. So if I can, go ahead. uh, Finish.
0: So I was gonna say, so like if I can conquer, uh, also you never know who wants you to really be their top guy, right? Yeah, true. Um, So you want to go as many places as you can to establish how many places you can be a top guy at. Mm -hmm. It it starts to become, well, if I can do it in GCW, I can do it in Impact. If I can do it in Impact, I should be able to do it in NWA. If I can do it in NWA, then maybe I can come back full circle and go to AEW again. Mm -hmm. And they'll give me a fair shake at it. It's the the Drew McIntyre thing, where Drew had to go and rule everywhere else before he could yeah. come back and be king in WWE. That,
1: that is true. He, he had a bounce to NWA. He had a bounce to Impact. Damn, yo, I, I and he literally... he bounced
0: around in the UK as well.
1: I just put that together. Cardona is literally following the McIntyre blueprint. Yeah. He went, to, he went to Impact. He went to NWA. He might start popping around Europe here and there. He's literally following the McIntyre blueprint. He got bigger. He went through another promotion invaded another promotion. Well, he's he's literally following the McIntyre blueprint. And,
0: and and you know what? I don't blame him because if you can pull it up and I think um and I, I think I said this when he won the GCW world title. Um yeah. all he needed to do was win. He he only needed to he needed to prove himself
1: that he can be a world champion. Somewhere. That
0: he could be a world champion somewhere and GCW the most uncommon unlikely. places the the most unlikely of places for matt Cardona to become a champion for him to win it there really solidified i think to all these other companies that well if he can win it here he could win it anywhere
1: yeah he, he showed that he can be more than just a mid-card player
0: mm-hmm. so i think um and if we'll get the impact we'll get the impact too so um if he can, if he can conquer all these different places at least once, mm-hmm. his stock goes through the roof. Yeah, you know, so end it there because we got
1: to talk about him again. Yeah, because once he actually finds his home, it'll be all that hard work paying off.
0: Absolutely, but I do think it's a very good challenge for Murdoch uh, because who do you challenge after Nick Alvarez, right? And true, very
1: true. So like, Cardona. Cardona is a big. A big he, game. He, he could prove to be a viable opponent, especially being the GCW world champ.
0: And the way that his promos have been going.
1: hmm Well, since we since we're on the topic of Cardona, uh, let's jump into impact. First and foremost, Moose has been doing a bang-up job as a champ now. Like this this runaround, I feel like Moose has been doing some of his best work. His promos have gotten better. He still has the voice problem, but you overlook it because what he's saying actually sticks. It actually means something what, that, that he's saying. Um, so now Moose finds himself in a triple threat match at the next Hard to Kill show with Matt Cardona and W. Morrissey for mm-hmm. the world title. Mm-hmm. And him and Cardona got into it a little bit where Like we said, we said we didn't know if he could be a big player somewhere, but he's showing that he can be. Moose brought up the mid-card thing, that he's only going to be a mid-carder. That's all he'll ever be is a mid-carder. And in fact, we should change your name to (laughs) Mid-Cardona. That's a good one. That's a good one. As I said, Moose has been doing some great stuff, man. He's good. He's good. You, You know what I think
0: happened? Um during this whole TNA title thing where he was kind of going like real Kevin Owens and like creating his own title lane because they wouldn't put the butt on. Mm-hmm. Um, you know what I believe happened? I believe he might've had some contract things going on at the time. And this is just a random theory. I, I have no proof. Um, I think he might've had some contract things going on. And once they had decided that uh, he was certainly staying, they started moving behind the scenes stuff for him to be the guy. Mm -hmm. Um, And the contingency plan, in case he wasn't gonna be the guy, was probably going to be Josh Alexander, yeah, which is why things played out the way that they did. Um, but Moose has proven that he can be that guy, so I'm I'm no longer you know what I mean. It no longer I'm no longer upset about. Um, I don't even want to say upset. Uh, Moose has officially grown on me. Let me say that. Um, yeah, because that sounds that's that's more of what it is. He's he's officially grown on me. Like he's done the work. The promos have been hitting back to back, and he's making nothing but statements out here. So
1: yeah, because it's I feel like it's not that we hated Moose as a champ. It's not like we didn't want to ever see Moose as a world champ. We just we just felt like he needed some work. He needed yeah. the, he needed some polishing before. You needed to polish the shiny car before you were able to take it out and drive it.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, he wasn't. He just didn't feel like he was there yet. Yeah, and um, now he's he's there. He's definitely mm-hmm. there. Definitely. Um. So I, I don't see him losing the title, but if he was to lose the title, I feel like they picked the right two guys to choose between. Um, I say that because. Uh, We just finished doing all this praise for Matt. Um, He's been doing excellent work. And I feel like the next level of championship for him would be the impact title. Mm -hmm. Um, In the scheme of things, I feel like the impact would be the next big title for him to win. um, To really solidify more of his name. And I, I mean, feel like he's at a place where I wouldn't be shocked if he won.
1: Yeah, I agree. Um, and not for nothing, too. Not to take credit away from W. Morrissey because he's, actually, he's improved quite a bit, too. I mean, he's come a long way from getting released and then having the, uh, the alcohol issue, the depression, uh, the things of that nature, and to actually bounce back, get in better shape, get healthy again and become the performer that we expected him to be Mm -hmm. when he went on his singles run, that actually speaks volumes. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think this triple threat match in general is a prime example of three people that we thought weren't going to be too great, but unless they worked at it, and sure enough, they did work at it, and they got better, and now they're actually getting the chance to show that they could potentially be a players for a promotion.
0: Yeah, I hope that is the story of the match as well, because I, I totally agree. Like, I wouldn't be upset if uh, Moose was to lose, considering the guys he would be losing to. Mm. Um, I would, I would be okay with Matt winning because he needs. I feel like he needs another. Or he's looking for that next title to solidify his name. Yeah. Um, but I would be even more happy for W. Morrissey because we know how hard he's worked at it. Yeah. Um, as- and then, of course, I wouldn't be upset if Moose kept the belt because he's he's yeah the the guy
1: right now. Yeah. Either either way, you're not gonna get mad at how how the scenario plays out, no matter who wins. I was gonna say I remember way back in what was it? I want to say it was. I want to say it was 2015 or 2016 Mm -hmm. when they had the fatal four-way match after uh, Finn Balor got hurt for the uh, universal title. And it was Roman, Seth, uh, Kevin Owens, and Big Cash, who's now W. Morrissey. Mm -hmm. And I seen the picture, and you looked at me like I was funny when I said this. I said, is it weird that I see him in this picture and I kind of want him to win? Yeah, and at the time. At the time, it was weird, but I just I don't know what it was. Like I seen something and I was like, you know what? Maybe he could be. Like it, it, He looks like the oddball in the picture, and sometimes the oddball turns out to be the champ. Mm. Uh And it turns out he needed some work, and now he's actually worked at it, got better, and he could potentially be a champion.
0: Yeah, man. And I'm not mad at it at all. Not mad at it at all. He totally deserves it. Yeah.
1: But hopefully they hopefully they have some fireworks with that match I think it'll be a i think it'll be a great match for them and I think that'll i think that's a great main event for their hard to kill show
0: yeah i i just i hope the story of the match is them showcasing all three of them um because if not yeah i mean the simple thing to do is to keep the belt on boots after mm-hmm. all the work that he's done but if you can put on uh if you can tell the story of These three people
1: literally being hard to kill.
0: Yeah, literally, in a sense, being hard to kill and showing how far they've grown as as athletes and characters. um, It does a a benefit to everybody, even if you keep the belt on moose. Yeah.
1: So now, since, since we're off that train, let's jump to the next cart, which would be AEW. Mm hmm. Uh, Cody and Andrade had a match this past week. And you know Cody, every time he's in Atlanta, man, he's got to show out and show off somehow. This man got up to the top turnbuckle with Andrade, lit had his wife light the table on fire. Mm-hmm. This man did, I guess you call it a reverse suplex?
0: Uh, yeah, that's what it looked like
1: off the top turnbuckle, through the flaming table. Yes. And this man still got booed out of the damn arena. Yeah. (laughs) And Andrade, but I don't know whether Cody like messed up the move or the table wasn't far back enough or nothing because Andrade rolled his ass away from that fire. Like, he didn't even touch the table. It was all Cody.
0: Yeah, I don't think he got... I don't think he touched the table at all, yeah.
1: Like, he might have felt the heat on his face, but I don't think Andrade touched the table. I think Cody took that whole bump.
0: Yeah, what, I, it, what, and and still got booed.
1: <laughs> now, my question for you is, do you think... Matter of fact, I, straight out, I'll just ask you, why do you think the fans are still booing Cody, bro?
0: I could ask you the same thing. I have no clue. I don't get it. Cody's like, is a great it, guy, people. I don't
1: understand what's going on. Like, like do you think maybe, what did he do? Who did he like, piss you, off? Do like, you think maybe it's they're tired of the same old shit from Cody? Like, they, they want to heal Cody? Maybe. Or, but, okay, see, here's my thing, right?
0: Here's my thing because I I truly don't understand it. Like, I I didn't get it. If like at first I thought like, it'll blow over, but mm-hmm. it hasn't. So now, now I now have to say something. I'm, and then and, and it's it's confusing because I'm 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 having this thing where I'm like, well, I'm trying to find the reasons why you don't like a good guy. Hmm um is it because he's too good? Is it because he has no edge? Because he just went through a flaming table. Like is is it because he wins all the titles? Because he doesn't. He hasn't won a title in months. Literally since the TNT title and intentionally threw himself out of the the uh the AEW World Title picture. Like I I literally have no clue. Why you would boo him. Is it do you, do you think he's trying to be Dusty Rhodes? I mean, you could argue that, but could it at the be end that of the possibly... day, like we all know he's not Dusty Rhodes. Even he Maybe. knows that. And he's not trying to be.
1: Maybe they're just I don't know. I mean, because in my mind, for me, the reason that you boo a good guy, one. They're being shown way too much. I don't think Cody's being shown way too much.
0: He's been off TV.
1: Yeah, so it can't be that. (laughs) It can't be that they're showing him way too much. Because remember, that's why we booed Roman. We were getting Roman shoved in our face 24-7 that we got tired of Roman. Right. And we started booing the hell out of him. I'm thinking maybe it's because they want him to be a heel and they're tired of him being a good guy. Because that's basically what we clamored for for Roman. Like, look, if you're gonna shove him in our damn face, give us something different. Like, don't give us the same old song and dance. The humble, I'm sorry, I'm gonna kick his ass. Da 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 da. The wake up call. Like, give us something different. Give us an asshole. Maybe. And then that's when we that. And then that's when we started cheering for Roman. Was when they gave us the asshole that we asked for for three years.
0: Yeah. I mean, maybe that's it. Maybe fans are just healed by nature. Maybe maybe at the end of the day, uh, not to turn this into a superhero thing, but maybe at the end of the day, man, nobody likes Captain America. Maybe we all want an asshole to champion. I I don't know. But it, it, it would seem like um, and again, I don't want to go back to superhero things, but again, it seems like that, like, Dark Knight trope, like, you either die a hero or you live long enough to see yourself become the villain, because they uh-huh. make you, they make you become the villain, like, it, it, yeah. he just, maybe he just has to turn heel, because they just don't want a, a clean-cut good person anymore, and I mean, I hated it with Johnny Gargano, so, mm-hmm. so yeah. maybe that's what it is maybe, maybe wrestling fans just can't take a pure babyface
1: yeah because you figure who was the last like, like pure pure babyface I, I want to say it was before she turned heel maybe Bailey, because Bailey was babyface as hell and we got tired of seeing Bailey. we turned her heel and it was great hmm and then John, who we never turned heel. John's like the last pure hearted baby face, I, I, would, I would think. Um,
0: I think AEW still has one more baby face that's like pure, pure besides Cody. And not even that Cody's pure, pure. Like Cody, and maybe that's what it is. Maybe people remember liking Cody the most during the Elite when he was trying to ruin the entire thing. And yeah, take over the elite.
1: Yeah, when he was Bullet Club Cody,
0: and they just want that back. Um, but the last—I mean, I mean at the this last point, pure I... pure babyface they have really is Jungle Boy.
1: Yeah, and and for Jungle Boy, it's different. Jungle Boy is essentially, in my opinion, their baby because he's a—he's five foot nothing, a hundred pounds of nothing. Got got more heart than anybody on the roster. So I mean. That works for him because you know he's this—he's like the Rey Mysterio. He's the small guy that that you can't help but love because he's the underdog, and everybody loves the hell out of an underdog.
0: Exactly.
1: Like even even heel fans are like, okay, you know what? He's okay. We is that it?
0: Is it because Cody doesn't look like an underdog? Is it because Cody's not an underdog? Is that what it is? Is it because Cody? I mean, at one point,
1: at one point he was. But Cody has At no one point it was, younger, but Cody,
0: Cody stopped being the underdog after he won the NWA world title from Nick Albus,
1: in my opinion. Let, let me quote CM Punk real quick when he's talking about John Cena. You and your Boston Red Sox, you swear you're the underdogs. You've become a dynasty. You've become what you hate. You are now the New York Yankees. Mm, you could Cody right Rhodes now. is no longer the Boston Red Sox. He's now the Yankees. He's become a dynasty.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That could be it. I think we, I think we figured it out. I think it's because he pretends he's an underdog, and he's not. He's, hey, he's actually, not- he's actually the the odds on. You know what I mean? He's who's who's the money's on to win.
1: I mean, look at it right now. You're basically wish version Triple H, dude. You're the vice president of a company. You have a wife who's Who's like the boss of something within the company, but you're not being the asshole that you should be, the asshole authority figure that you should be. Mm. If do you, you think, if you, do you if think if, they if you cheer
0: him if he becomes Triple H?
1: No, but they start to like him more. They don't cheer him, but they boo him still because of how they're because of the character that he's playing.
0: Here's my thing. I feel like if Cody is to go heel, right? He should go heel against the underdog of underdog. And if he goes heel and he turns into Triple H, I think the very next feud he needs to have, or the culminating feud of that year, whatever year it is, should be CM Punk.
1: Yeah, because Punk and and his history with authority figures is very well documented and it it documents well. It documents into well storytelling or great storytelling.
0: Exactly. And I feel like it's it's a story that writes itself because to become a heel authority figure, to become Triple H as Cody Rhodes is essentially doing the most hypocritical thing you could possibly do. You built this company, Breaking Thrones, only to sit on one. Yep. And pretend you're better than everyone else.
1: You know what I mean? So- I
0: mean, it it writes
1: itself, like you just said.
0: So I I feel like that's what the people want, but at the same time, it's why it's so hard for him to turn heel. He built his back on becoming someone who's the total opposite of Triple H. So who would he be if he was to become that? But then again, it's storytelling. You know what I mean? Sometimes it's okay to be the bad guy, even if you don't believe you
1: are. hmm So, I mean, hopefully hopefully they can figure it out for Cody's sake and for the fans' sake because they're going to wind up... It, it could be a WWE thing where a fan might jump the rails and say, hey, change this shit. We don't like it.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, I want to get into another thing, uh, another small thing that I'm having trouble understanding. Mm -hmm. Um, what's that? We leave this while we're on AEW. Why did Dwayne Martin leave Leo Rush to join team task? Like, I don't get it. Like I, 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 I'm, I'm trying to wrap my head around it, but I'm like very confused. Like the man brought you from nothing. You were struggling in the division with, uh, uh, I can't even tell you the guy who was with Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I keep thinking of Alex Shelley, but it's not Alex Shelley. Who was he struggling with? He was struggling with Evan Bourne or uh, Matt Seidel.
1: Yeah, I was gonna say, was it Seidel or Seidel's brother?
0: Yeah, he was struggling in there with Seidel as a tag team partner. Leo Rush plucked him from obscurity, turned him into a hot commodity. And then he goes and signs with Taz and leaves Leo behind. Why? Like I I think
1: I don't. I don't think there's anything too serious into that. Me personally, I just think that's more of their storytelling. I don't think he's team Taz forever. I Mm. I see him going back to Leo Rush eventually. Mm. This is just more of the storytelling. Like Leo's probably gonna keep fighting Team Taz, keep getting his ass whooped, and then. You know he's probably gonna get tired of it and then go back and help Leo. Mm. Yeah, I don't think he's leaving Leo for good. If he did, that would probably be a mistake. But I just Man. think it's it's part of the story. I
0: would hope the complete opposite happens if I'm writing it, but that's just my writing. Like if I was writing it, I would have I would have Leo get beat up by Team Taz for a month lose the match for uh, Dwayne Martin's contract. And then I would have Leo Rush uh, scout a couple people for a few weeks. And while Leo was scouting people, Dante Martin is losing ma- losing tag matches, losing singles matches with Team Taz.
1: Yeah, I, I was wondering why you just called him Dwayne Martin. I'm, I'm sitting here looking. I'm like, wait, isn't his name Dante Martin? Oh, Dante Martin. I'm sorry. Yeah, you called him Dwayne at first. It's all right, though.
0: Um, I would have Dante Martin losing matches back-to-back, tag team matches, singles matches, uh, along with Team Taz. Mm-hmm. And Team Taz just being like, what's happening? What's wrong? Why are you losing all these matches? And his value deteriorating every week that he doesn't have Leah. Yeah. And then I would have him, I would have Team Taz drop him like a bad habit and him come crawling back to Leah. <laughs> and him like Le- or Leo walking past after the first week he's been dropped like man that was rough I wonder what
1: happened <laughs> Hey now don't don't do that just because Leo's your boy don't don't let him suffer But but Leo's if Leo's, Leo's the only
0: person that brought value to your name is it is it you that's really that successful or is it mm. you with Leo that that's successful. And I feel like it makes Leo a better character if he truly is the person that raises the stock of someone else. Mm -hmm. And if he can go somewhere else and have that stock immediately fall, it shows the significance of Leo being the person that takes somebody with potential and turns them into a star. You see what I'm saying? like Mm -hmm. It'll raise his rate as a manager uh, rather than a superstar. Goshie. but that's just me fantasy booking because hmm. I, I feel like him leaving the guy that made him to somebody as a as a poor story
1: hey sometimes sometimes the the us fantasy booking turns out to be the better result anyway so why not
0: yeah I'm speaking it into existence man uh, but that's just a sort a short spot I wanted to talk about while we were on the aew news uh what else have we got on the docket?
1: Uh, So we're going to jump right into the WWE stuff. Um, This topic is something I found pretty interesting, and I want your opinion on it. Uh, WWE has announced that they're implementing a new, I guess we can call this to NIL program or a NIL program for Mm -hmm. collegiate athletes. Mm -hmm. And what this basically means is it's a name, image and likeness program. Triple H Mm -hmm. dove in a little bit and decided to talk about this. He said the WWE NO program has the potential to be transformational to our business. By creating partnership with elite athletes at all levels across a wide variety of college sports, we can dramatically expand our pool of talent and create a system that readies these NCAA competitors for a WWE career once their collegiate careers come Stop to a close. So basically, what I'm gathering from this is they're plucking people out of college before they graduate so no other promotions can sign them.
0: This changes everything.
1: That's basically what I gathered it from. Like Because, like you said, uh, it does change everything. But NCAA recently announced that college athletes can get endorsements, sponsorships from companies anywhere and make money while they're in college. So now WWE has decided to throw their name in the hat as well. And basically to me, it seems like they can sign these students and hold the rights to their names and their, you know, basically them as performers before they even get out of college. So once they're out of college, they can join the WWE and go to NXT or go to, you know, whatever, whatever brand it is that they can go to. That's what it seems like to me. Wow. I feel like they're just trying to get more. Uh, they're trying to get a step ahead of the game now that you know more promotions are jumping in like AEW and MLW and Ring of Honor has a whole new roster that they have to make. So I feel like they're just getting one step ahead of the game and getting these athletes before they even finish school
0: this changes everything okay this is this is very interesting why would a company about to go out of business introduce a program that essentially solidifies them as the only sport in professional wrestling by becoming the, NW, the NBA and the NFL of college wrestling.
1: Yeah, that, that's, I feel like that's what they're kind of throwing throwing out there. That, I feel like that's what they're trying to do. Yeah,
0: by starting a program where you can transition into being a professional wrestler um, as a collegiate athlete while in college, is essentially making yourself the only legitimate professional wrestling company.
1: Yeah, I think it's like if you, I don't know, let's say... You become the NFL. Yeah, so let's basically say if you have somebody at, you know, Alabama or somebody at LSU on the football team, like you have a wide receiver for LSU, but they have aspirations of becoming a professional wrestler and you have aspirations of signing them. You can sign them while they're still in college, like, hey, this is where he's coming when he's, when he's done. And once he graduates, you know, walks, gets his diploma, tosses his hat or his cap in the air and then becomes a WWE employee the moment he graduates. Comes down to the performance center, does all that stuff. You basically, and that's if they don't want to go to the NFL.
0: That changes everything. Now I don't think they're selling the company at all.
1: Just because of this program, right? Yeah, it's
0: it's because it it would be it it would be as backwards.
1: I'm starting to think maybe that's a reason that they started releasing all this talent. Oh, because. Because their contracts might have been so high that, because remember, there was a point in time Vince was just handing out money to people to keep them from signing with AEW. Yes. So maybe now he's doing these cuts and everything to recoup some money and start this program so you can sign these athletes. So he's trimming the fat for a totally different reason. and And maybe you can sign these athletes for half of what or maybe even a quarter of what your mm. minimum active roster contract is. Like you can say, like, like, like let's say the average, let's say the minimum contract for a WWE performer is 200,000. So you sign these athletes while they're in college. Well, you are not working for us officially yet. So you can't get 200,000, but we can give you a percentage of that. Like we can give you 50,000. Oh my God, dude. But once you're done, you come work for us for, However many years. Oh my and God. And then and then you and then you get the contract, the minimum contract.
0: I'm flipping out in my head, dude. If this works, like so many dots are connecting now. So yeah, but many dots are connecting from.
1: If Vince pulls this shit off. I think it'll I think it'll work to an extent. No, and listen, I just listen, to
0: if Vince pulls this shit off, he's an evil fucking genius. Yeah, he's a total. He's a terrible, terrible person, but he's an evil genius.
1: I think it'll strategically, work but strategically.
0: Strategically um... trimming the fat of the company with of of pro wrestlers from the indies and people that aren't you feel like aren't holding their weight that come from the indies that just aren't doing it for your roster to slim all the numbers down all the way around to initiate a program where you take collegiate athletes straight out of college, presenting yourself as the NFL, the the highest money-making place, but doing entertainment, you create your own style of wrestling again because now you're taking people that you can create and mold from scratch on your own from scratch you're presenting yourself in a higher late or a higher light to all different brands because now you're you have a direct line from collegiate wrestling, from high school wrestling to your company. Uh-huh. <laughs> and it makes you the classiest thing on the market. And yeah, you can it- pay them half the cost and make uh-huh. everybody that you make a star a homegrown talent. Yeah, that's genius.
1: It's I think terrible it'll work
0: for all the people you're cutting, but it's genius.
1: I think it'll work to an extent, just for the fact that if you're a college athlete, if you're already a collegiate athlete, and you're doing this for multiple, multiple sports in the collegiate world, like football, basketball, wrestling, not a lot of, very few collegiate athletes have aspirations to become a professional wrestler. Like, if you're playing college football, your Mm -hmm. aspiration is to be a football player. Mm -hmm. If you're playing basketball in college, your aspirations are to be in the NBA. Mm -hmm. And most most of the time, if you're a collegiate wrestler, your aspirations... I I don't want to say most of the time. uh, Yeah, most of the time, your aspirations aren't professional wrestling. They're the Olympics. Right. So... I mean, it'll work because maybe you'll get some people that are like, "All right, I'm a collegiate wrestler. I want to be a professional wrestler. Let me jump over." But you'll get your people that just aren't really interested in the WWE. Then they're like, uh, "No, I'm here playing football. I'm on a football scholarship. I'm going to stick with football. I can make more money here." You know, because WWE doesn't really pay a lot unless you're a top person, unless you're a Roman Reigns or Seth or Becky. Otherwise, you're making like middle of the pack stuff. You're, you're making middle of the pack stuff to put your body on the line two, three times, four times a week. But you can do that in football, make the same amount and ride the bench and only do it for 24 weeks out of the year for half a year, pretty much. Mm hmm. So I mean, it'll work because you'll you'll definitely get people, but you won't. I don't think they're gonna get as many people as they think they're gonna get.
0: I don't know, man.
1: It's a good idea. It is, and it's an idea I would have done, but I just don't think it's gonna work too, yeah, too well.
0: Like I said, if it works, he's an evil fucking genius. It
1: because it is a good idea. I got. I do have to give him credit there.
0: Because it 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 would it would essentially. Oh, it, it presents you in such a different light. Like
1: It, cha- it changes the dynamic of professional wrestling.
0: It, sh- it, it moves the... It, I fucking hate to say this. I fucking hate to say this. It moves the needle.
1: Yeah, it definitely does. Because now you have another pipeline of a way to get talent that AEW doesn't have.
0: And once again, AEW becomes indie wrestling. Because now you present yourself as the only professional wrestling company yep. on the market. <laughs>
1: That's so, so genius. this, this and all you a need and
0: all you need really is a couple Kurt Angles, mm-hmm. a couple Bobby Lashleys, a couple Dolph Ziggler's, a couple a couple Brock Lesnar's, a couple yeah. Shawn Benjamins a couple Jason Jordans, Chad Gables. Yep. If you can just turn a few of them into stars, you've won. Essentially. Mm -hmm. Because now you have your own style. Nobody from the outside can do what you do. Nobody can generate talent as quickly as naturally. Man. And now it makes sense that you're on Fox. Now you're considered a real, real sport. And suddenly the show, the company that was all about entertainment instead of pro wrestling becomes the only legitimate consideration for pro wrestlers. Mm -hmm. That's that's, that's genius. That's genius. I hope it doesn't work. (laughs) <laughs> he
1: said, I hope it doesn't work.
0: <laughs> it's so genius. I've never I oh that makes so much sense now.
1: All I was right, held in well, on
0: thinking they were selling this company, but this program changes everything for me.
1: Well, since you're talking about Vince being an evil genius and him because he is with some stuff, here's something that he's not an evil genius with. Mm-hmm. Do you care to know what the original plans were? For the golden egg storyline.
0: Uh, sure, because it's gotta be better than what happened.
1: The original plans for the golden egg storyline were to turn it into a Netflix special.
0: Get the fuck out of here.
1: Mm-hmm. Melter reported on it. Uh what's the other guy's name? Uh Sean Ross sat. uh, He was somebody else who reported on it. That was the original plan. They wanted to do a Netflix storyline for the golden egg. And Vince McMahon was going to be in the series and be the star of the series.
0: That is so stupid.
1: (laughs) I laughed when I read that because at that point, before I learned about the no program, I thought again. Yeah, they're selling this company. If they're doing a fucking Netflix special about a golden egg,
0: yeah, yeah, that's that's fucking stupid. I'm I'm not watching that shit.
1: Maybe it'll be better than uh, the Undertaker's Netflix special. Uh, the Undertaker had a Netflix special. Yeah, remember with him in the New Day? Oh, yeah. Well, at least we played that one. We we actually yeah, would that, do that. That one was actually semi decent.
0: Yeah, I'll tell you what, I, but I I didn't watch the big show show um, that they gave on Netflix. I did. Um, to me, the biggest successes of WWE have been their horror movies. Hey, hey don't I get saw me wrong. C-No, I saw No Evil 1 and 2 and Oculus. After that, buddy. No legit like movie ventures <laughs> that I have I actually seen from WWE that I've considered going back to at least more than I once. mean
1: don't get me wrong, the big show show was kind of wholesome. It was stupid, but it was wholesome. I enjoyed Rikishi and Mark Henry singing Backstreet Boys. <laughs> yeah, that was it a Backstreet practical. Boys. Uh yeah, I think it was Backstreet Boys. Um, so there's potential rumors of WWE dropping the Cruiserweight Championship Mm -hmm. and creating a more quote-unquote inclusive championship. Mm -hmm. You think this is a good idea for them or should they just keep the Cruiserweight title?
0: I think Vince is slowly demolishing everything that uh, Triple H has built. (laughs) I think Vince is tearing all of it down and redesigning everything how he wants it to be. Uh, And it's a tragedy. That is, one, uh, that is one side of this. On the other side of this, if you're creating an open-weight title, um, that's great. This is not the way I would have gone about it. But if that is the end result, that this becomes an open-weight, uh, all-inclusive title, then that's cool. Yeah. Whatever. Let's revolutionize intergender wrestling by giving it a belt. <laughs> At least in the company, because they're already doing intergender matches everywhere else. Yeah. Um, but if you're gonna if that's gonna be your way to include stuff within the company that's open weight and uh gender inclusive, go for it.
1: Well, I think they're doing it just for the fact that they already damn near burn 205 Live to the ground.
0: Yeah, but I do I do believe it's systematically destroying the Cruiserweight title and everything that Triple H. Is
1: because about. you already have a guy that's over 300 pounds on 205 Live. That kind of defeats the purpose of 205 Live. Yeah, but like, like why again, is Odyssey why is Odyssey Jones there? He doesn't need to be there.
0: Then again, you also have to think about it this way. Um, if a wrestling show... Uh, falls on the TV and nobody's there to watch it. Is it really worth booking? So,
1: <laughs> good analogy. Good analogy.
0: If, uh, 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 if the show is on and nobody's watching it, does it really matter how you book
1: the show? Mm. Yeah, that that that's a good
0: analogy. Mm. You know what I mean? Until people are watching it enough for it to matter, you can really kind of do whatever you want. Um now whose fault that is is very hard to say, but (laughs) nobody's watching 205 live regardless. Uh I don't think we've done not a one 205 live report on this show since we started it. Um not that I can remember. Nah.
1: Well, well, since we're going to talk about stuff that we can't watch, let's talk about something that most people should be watching. What are your thoughts on face Brock Lesnar? Because I'm not going to lie, I'm liking it.
0: Um, This would be the second time we saw him, right? Since yeah. uh, Lumberjack Brock?
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah, this this would probably be the second time. Yeah. Well, this is the first time, I think, since he's been suspended.
0: Right. Hey, hey man, I love it um <laughs> i love brock is a good guy i love that he doesn't talk much um yeah i love it i mean there's not much to say i mean I think i'm surprised this is the they mo- pulled it off i will i will say that
1: i think That's this is the, surprising i think this is the most he's talked in his whole wwe career and he did pretty fucking well if i don't say so myself yeah. Like yeah. when he was talking to Sami Zayn and they actually just gave him the microphone and let him speak. Like, okay, Brock knows words. He's pretty intelligent. He's not just, you know, the big muscle head. This dude's actually got some oomph behind him. I think all the mears is sitting behind Paul Heyman, just letting Paul talk. He just figured it out for himself and said, Okay, I could do this too.
0: Yeah, like I I dig it. Like Um, I I didn't think they could pull it off, but it's something about Jack and, uh, Brock and a, and a ponytail and flannel that just, it just works. It just works. So, 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 I mean, I'm gung ho for it. It's something different and he's here for a good time, not a long time. So
1: you got to enjoy it and get him. Yeah. I mean, hopefully he does some good with it, but, um, Before we log off, there's one thing, one more thing I want your your analysis on. As we know, on Monday, well, tonight, as people are listening to this, Mm. it is Becky Lynch versus Liv Morgan for the Raw Women's Championship. Is it time, bro?
0: Uh, What pay per view is this? Not even a pay per view. It's going to be on a regular show.
1: It's it's, it's just Monday Night Raw.
0: Um, See, listen. Um, uh, So all that praise I was giving Vince about being an evil genius, Um, I don't like this. I don't like this at all. I I don't. I don't like that. um, I don't like that on one show. The main point is one throwing a pie in another's face. And I don't like that they're downplaying how big this is on this show. Like, here's the thing for me, right?
1: Uh-huh.
0: Uh, if she wins, I don't like it. <laughs> Not that I don't like her winning, um, but this isn't the stage she should win on. Just like it wasn't the stage Big E should have won on It's just not the right stage. And if she loses, I don't want it to be over, but... Okay, so it's either she wins here and you find a way to make it work for the next few months because she shouldn't be winning here. It's a cheap TV match that she shouldn't win. She deserves a big stage because that's what she's worked for. And for it to culminate on a Monday Night Raw is very corny. And I'm over the trope of mankind winning the WWE title on Raw. It just, it's, I'm over it. I'm over the person that worked to win the belt, not winning it on the big stage they deserve to win it on. I'm sick of it. Um, Two. Uh, like, I let it go with Bobby Lashley. I'm not letting it go with this. Um, two, if she loses, which I feel like booking-wise she should, um, I want her to win at WrestleMania because she's the only legit building talent that makes any sense to win a belt on a big stage.
1: A stage like Mania. A
0: stage like WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. Uh, so anything i would, you're not going to come up with a story is good is my point like she's naturally acquired the love from the fans and uh-huh. done the hard groundwork um not even through your great writing wwe but just naturally just from, has became that person
1: yeah from people being invested in her
0: so for that, she deserves to win on the biggest stage there is because you're not going to organically come up with a story as good. The last organic story that came up this good was Bianca Belair. And I don't mm. even know if that was completely organic. It was just the fact that she was as big as she was when she got there. Yeah. Right. Live has worked years and years and years and years and years. To acquire this kind of love and connection and you know support from the fans. So she needs to win on the biggest stage possible. And like I said, I'm over the mankind winning on Raw trope. I'm let I, I let it go with Bobby. I'm not letting it go here. She deserves better. Um so I would have her lose here. I would have uh lit, I would have big time Bex, which is a, still a corny f- name. Um I would have her BS it to the Royal Rumble. I would have Liv win the Royal Rumble and I would have Liv beat her in Mania because quite frankly, it's disrespectful to have her win on a Monday Night Raw. She deserves better. But I mean, that's just my opinion.
1: I agree. Um, But um, my wheels are turning a little bit, right? Almost always, every year, there's a title change before the year closes in the month of December on either a Raw or a SmackDown. It's always on one of those two shows. It's never on a pay-per-view. And this oh. year, it can't be. Sometimes it is on a pay-per-view. Sometimes it's not. But this year, it can't be on a pay-per-view because, well, there's no pay-per-views in December. We're doing day one and on January 1st.
0: Oh, yeah. TLC
1: disappeared. Yep. For day one. They lost it. <laughs> they lost and TLC. He, it's not a thing anymore. So, I don't see any other championship matches happening within the next... What do we have? About three weeks left in the year? Mm-hmm. I don't see any other championship matches happening unless they sprout one out of thin air. Mm. Um, and normally, when people start doing these make a wish things and they start showcasing them in video packages and whatnot, that's when, you know, a push is either about to happen or the push is already in progress. And they just started showcasing live doing these make a wish things, doing these, um, Mm. these charitable things on their social media and whatnot. Like they just did, uh, uh, they just showed, they were just, doing something with the Make-A-Wish kids, which they were like walking around and meeting them all and going on walks and stuff. And Liv was like one of the main people they were showcasing. So I feel like it's going to happen.
0: You think the writing is on the wall here?
1: A little bit. Yeah. Do I want it to happen? Yes. Do I want it to happen on a raw? Again, no, because I want it to happen on a big stage. I, I do. I want it to happen on a big stage. Like you said, if I could have it my way, book it at the, have her lose, like cheat to, or have Becky cheat to win somehow. Live, like, sort of just goes on a quiet, uh, on a quiet run or or like a rampage or whatever. So mm-hmm. to the, to the Rumble, either book her in a match at the Rumble with Becky and win it at the Rumble, Or have her win the rumble because if you have her win the rumble boom you get one big pop right there she wins the rumble she goes all the way to mania boom big ass pop so you get two big pops in the same storyline for the price of one essentially
0: yeah i i feel like i feel like you have her win the rumble i mean it'd be cool if she won it at the rumble too but the you have a daniel bryan situation on her hands
1: Mm -hmm.
0: And I just, you can't waste that. Like,
1: I mean, you could still do it at a, you could still do it on a raw and make it mean something like how I'm trying to, you know what
0: you do? You know what you do? You, you freaking, you, you, you pull a fakie. You, you have her, you have her win. Um, but have, like, Becky's leg be under the ropes. Have him strip the title from it the very next day.
1: Yeah. So, yeah, something. Like, have, have her leg be under the rope or have her shoulder not be all the way down to the mat or something.
0: And have her lose the belt on a technicality the
1: mm-hmm. next week.
0: Yeah. And then have her win the Rumble. That way you can, you, you know what I mean? Like, if you're doing it for cheap pops. But, like, you got a situation that could be so much bigger if you just... Booked it the right way. Like, I mean, you could do not for nothing. Uh, Who's our guy that always says WWE would never? AEW Uh, would never. Like, (laughs) you know how carefully they are constructing the rise of Ty Conte. AEW Mm -hmm. would never. (laughs) (laughs) They would have taken this so carefully (sighs) to make sure that when she wins that belt, it means everything in the world to the people that like her.
1: I mean, you could, you could also do it that way on Raw. Like, let's say, you know, you have her do a backstage interview, right? Becky attacks her. And uh, you could just make it like a whole thing on Raw. Becky attacks her, like, within the first half hour of the show backstage. Mm. She, she's, in the, she's in the doc's office. Doc's not going to clear her for the match. And she could be, you know, clamoring the, for the whole night. Clear me, clear me. I'm good to go. I'm good to go. And then, in like the last minute, all right, you sure you're good to go? All right, go ahead. Your match is now. And then Becky just whoops her ass, majority of the match. Liv, you know, musters up. Good, good old baby face comeback. Mm-hmm. Becky goes to hit the, um, what's the move? The, uh, the, the manhandle slam or whatever.
0: Yeah, yeah, the man slam or some
1: whack knockoff bullshit. She she goes hit the manhandle slam. Liv does the reversal that she's been doing for the last couple weeks on it, where she, like, grabs her arm and tosses her. Grab her arm, toss her into the ropes, and then you go run right after her while she's stunned on the ropes. Boom, you hit the oblivion. Mm -hmm. One, two, three, you get your win after fighting for it all night. And then the girls in the back that have been, you know, by your side, not so much by your side, but like clamoring for you to get it. Come out, they, you know, have the good old moment with you. They throw you on the shoulders. They do the big E thing with you, the Daniel Bryan thing. Mm-hmm. It, you could do it on a Raw, but I think it'll be better for me.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But if you, you do it on a Raw, the whole Raw has to be about live winning.
1: Yeah. And I think, and I think it will be. I think. I think if she is going to win it on Raw, it's going to be centered around... That whole show is going to be centered around Liv. Because mm. who's their world champ right now? It's uh, Biggie. Mm-hmm. They already got something brewing with Biggie, Seth, and Kevin. So you can put that on the back burner for a night and then just have this night be centered around Liv and Becky. Because honestly, is this is the bigger star.
0: Yeah, this is the bigger feud anyway.
1: Yeah, this is the feud... I, I feel like most people care about more just yeah. because Liv is in it and Becky's in it and then you have your you you have your clear division in the Becky fans and the Liv fans mm-hmm. Damn. It's like me they put personally the butt,
0: wait did they put the butt on Big E so that it would be easy for Becky to be the biggest champion on the show fuck don't say that don't, but uh, all, right, all right. I digress. We'll, we'll go back to what we were saying. It was just thought I just had because, like, it, uh, yeah, If you really think about it, uh, we're not gonna we're not gonna say that. We're not gonna say that.
1: You know what? Hold on. I'm making a note about it. Biggie slash Becky. We're gonna talk about this next week. All right. All right. this is the first time we've ever done this on a live show Yeah, we 60 we gotta... some odd episodes oh. I just made a note of something we have to talk about next week the Biggie and Becky Lynch title dilemma Mm-mm-mm. I guess that's what we're going to call it and that all yeah. depends if Liv wins on Monday if Liv wins yeah. on Monday we ain't talking about it but if Becky retains that's something we'll be talking about yeah But I think that's pretty much all of our topics that we have for this week. So with that being said, Mr. Stevie Jobber, you got some shout outs you want to get into or would you like me to jump on them first?
0: Uh, Yeah, I'll jump into it, man. Uh, First up, as always, as always, visited it today. Doghouse gaming for all your retro gaming needs. It's going to become a trope eventually. I feel like the dedicated listeners, mm-hmm. once we have like a, we'll do like a live stream or something and they'll be like all in the comments. Like, <laughs> dog Doghouse gaming for all your retro gaming needs. Uh, I'm going to say it till you're sick of me and then I'm going to keep saying it. It's going to become my catchphrase. Doghouse gaming for all your retro gaming needs. Yeah. Uh, I was just there today buying a, a, a PS4, not the PS5, don't shame me. Um, the PS4 and some like old Mortal Kombat games. Um, for all your retro gaming needs, uh, please go on Facebook and follow their Facebook. Uh, they're very responsive. They got everything from freaking Dreamcast to the PS5, man. So go check them out. Um, I want to shout out, Uh, the Rant and Rave Wrestling Podcast. I want to shout out uh, the Wrestling Retweeter and uh, one of our newest followers, the Ring Fanatics Podcast. Uh, So if you're on Twitter, go follow those three, Wrestling Retweeter, the Rant and Rave Wrestling Podcast, and the Ring Fanatics Podcast. Mm
1: Got you. All right, so I guess I'll jump in on this. Uh, first and foremost, we shout him out all the time, but this man just hit a milestone. So I got to show him some love. Shout out to the one and only Dita Toy Hunter. This man has just surpassed 15,000 views on YouTube. Hey, you guys haven't checked him out. You need to stop what you're doing. Go to YouTube, type in Dita Toy Hunter and go check out all his awesome stuff because that man has hit a great milestone. He's been nothing but a supporter and a friend of the show. So definitely go check him out, D the Toy Hunter.
0: Absolutely, man.
1: Also, we got All About Wrestling podcast, man. If you haven't checked them out, you need to because they do some great stuff as well. You got the Dirty Heels podcast. You got the Funko Friends podcast. We'll actually, I'll actually be on their show sometime next calendar year in January. So make sure you check them out. And since you want to shout out uh, Doghouse Gaming, Acme Superstore has all your retro toy needs from wrestling to Funko to Pokemon to anime, comic books, anything that you're into, they have. So go check them out as well if you haven't. Um, and that's pretty much those are all my shout outs for this week.
0: Yeah, I think we're closing out, man.
1: Yeah, so... That's pretty much it for this episode, guys. Thank you for tuning in. You know, without you guys being here, we wouldn't be doing this. Make sure you check us out on the Instagram. Make sure you check us out at our website, uh, DangerousJobbersWebsite.com. Uh, our YouTube channel, Dangerous Jobbers. You got us on Twitter, Facebook, all that good stuff. We might have a little holiday, little something special for the holidays coming up on one of those platforms. So make sure you check them out and you stay connected, as always. And that's pretty much it for this week. Stevie Jobber, you got anything else to say? Nah, I'm good, man. All right, guys. Well, have a good one. Stay up. Stay blessed. And as always, stay down.